recording of Makers and Movers Leadership and Manufacturing. This is a new series that I'm doing. I'm going to be promoting it on LinkedIn and YouTube, where I'm spending about 20, 25 minutes with leaders in manufacturing, whether they're the CEOs of a manufacturing company or they could be in um, any leadership role in the company. And the purpose of this is to learn a little bit about their journey as a leader, but also about what their culture is like at their, at their manufacturing company. How do they build a good culture? What do they look for in hiring? So I'm thrilled today to have this, the founder of Loose Leaf Tea Market, Kita Centella, to talk with us today as our as our first guest. So thank you, Kita, for, for being here. Hi, Andrea. Thank you so much for the invitation to be part of this series. I'm really, really grateful to be here. Could you just tell us a little bit about your journey to, to get here, to get into the tea industry and, and just where you are right now professionally, how you got there? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I really started back in the 1980s when my life was a total disaster. I was an alcoholic and a drug addict and you know, my life was really on a downward spiral, and um, I was fortunate enough to meet a mentor who took me under her wing and shared with me, taught me about the incredible healing power of plants. Mm -hmm. And because I had such a such a profound turnaround in my life, I was able to get completely sober. I've been completely clean and sober since 1986. Um, Congratulations. So because I had that happen, uh, I made a commitment to learn about the healing plants and to share what I learned with the rest of the world. And so um, I took, you know, I went to herb school and I got a certificate in Western herbalism. And um, that eventually became what has morphed into what is now loose leaf tea market. And um, you know, I learned over the years that, you know, while I was originally selling herbal remedies, that most people were more comfortable with the idea of tea than they were with the idea of herbal remedies. So I switched everything to to be tea because tea is very accessible. People understand what it is. They everybody drinks or not everybody, but, you know, a lot of people drink tea. And so that is how I came to the business that it is right now, where we make teas that are healing, um, but also taste great. They also have to be enjoyable as well as effective. So we have teas that help with inflammation, getting over sugar cravings, help you manage your weight, uh, eliminate stress. And so that's what we do. Well, great. As I said earlier, I very much in, enjoy your tea. Talk to us a little bit about how your journey and what you just talked about contributes to your culture to, you know, cause it's a big mission for your company. So does that help in, in the culture that you created for your company? It really does because, um, you know, I can't really hire people that are just looking for a job, you know, like where they can just get a job at, at a clothing store and sell pants. I mean, it's, it's really quite different with this, with this type of, type of job, I look for people who actually care about the mission. So mm -hmm. I put I put what we do and the kind of products that we create, I put that in the job description so that if it resonates with them, super. 
that's the people that I want to, I want to attract. And if it doesn't, if it sounds silly or goofy, or they're just not into it, then, you know, there's lots of other jobs out there. Right. So I want to, I want to attract people that, that care about healing and wellness and that appreciate um, natural healing. That makes sense. And, and how do you identify that? Are, are there certain hiring practices that you do that, that helps you to spot, Hey, that person could be a good fit for, for our culture? Well, we do more than, <clears throat> excuse me, we do more than one interview. So, um, when we're interviewing, we're really like, I don't care what, what your background is in like, you don't have to know anything about what we do as long as you're the right person. So um, we're, we're really higher for character. And, you know, if somebody says that they never drink tea or they never, they, they you know, they don't care about this type of type of business, then, you know, that, that shows up pretty much right away in the, in the interview process. And we go through usually three, sometimes we can condense into two, but, um, but we really want to get to know the candidates. Do you have any favorite interview questions? Um, like, why do you want to work here? What about this job posting appeals to you? And that gives them a chance to, you know, let me know, Hey, I, you know, I read about your mission and I, you know, it really resonated with me or, I just really need to get a job right now. So then, you know, I like to weed the, weed the wrong people out as quickly as possible. And so why do you want to work here is a great starting question. I agree. We, we often start with, can you tell us why you're passionate about this position? And we actually like using the word passionate because we want to see, you know, do they connect with us? Do they connect with, with the mission? And it's also a cue for those of you who are job seeking right now, if you see a question like that, we'll figure it out before, before you interview. And if you're not passionate about the mission and the position, then, then maybe that's not the right fit for you. So right. thank you. And can you talk to us a little bit about how you keep your culture alive? How do you retain the people who are on your team? You know, Andrea, we've done a lot of work over the last few years on creating the culture that, you know, I'm just, can I, can I put this kind of, you know, coarsely, but, uh, but bluntly is, I, and I read this from another business owner who, uh, I, I saw this in a post by Chris Bianco, who's the, he's the owner of, um, Pizzeria Bianco. He's, it's very well-known pizzeria. And, um, he posted that, when he was doing a recruiting post, he said, it's my job to make sure your job doesn't suck. Mm, I love okay. that. Yeah. So, you know, if I, if I want to take this business somewhere, I need a team of people around me and I want people to feel really good about it. And so um, having the wrong, I, I've had the wrong people in place before. And so um, the last time that happened was April of 2022, when I just had two of the wrong people in and, and it was pretty toxic. And so I took the whole rest of my team and we got together and talked about what are your red flags? When, when we interview, what are your red flags in a coworker? What are the deal breakers in a coworker? Hmm. And so, you know, we went through this whole process of identifying what works and what really doesn't work for this team. And then we, we codified it. You know, I, I created a whole list of the things that will get you promoted, the things that will get you fired. And 
and the things that'll just like that just make up a good worker. So there's like three, you know, there's the excellent, there's the unacceptable, and then there's, you know, if you just want a good job, you just want to, you know, so there's that, there's that kind of tier. We're really going for the rock stars that that really care, but um, you know, I I wouldn't kick out a really good worker with a good attitude either. Um so we worked on that. We worked on um, how, and we're always working on communication. And so the way the way we talk to each other, the way we have um, like when there's an issue, instead of you know having a, a difficult confrontation, um, this is something I learned in in a workshop that we had at you know Pinnacle Global Network. There was a speaker that talked about doing a six week path to improvement. Mm-hmm. So before meeting with the team member, I take a look at all the behaviors that I wanna see and then where they're ranking on them and then come up with a plan for six weeks on how they can improve. And I let them know at the start of this, you know, I really you know, care about you, I want you to be here. If it's not the place for you, then we'll help you find another job. But if you do wanna stay here, we're, we're you know, I need you to commit to this six weeks. And then once a week we meet and kind of talk about the progress. So mm-hmm. um, that's that's one of the things we do to kind of cultivate and steer the team member where, where we really want them to be because it's good for their growth too. Um, and then I also have a position in our uh, on our team called the fun coordinator. And that's a yeah. stipend position where I'll just, you know, give her, you know, quarterly pay for organizing team birthdays, team anniversaries, and then four quarterly team events. And those are usually offsite. They're fun. You know, we did horseback riding in the spring. So it's pretty good. So there's a lot there. And I, you know, I, the first thing I heard from you that I loved was that you got your entire team involved in it coming up with, you know, who is it that we want on our team? Who's successful here? And that's so important. Sometimes the CEOs or leadership team just sits down by themselves and brainstorms, but it's completely different than what's actually happening in, in your culture. So I love that you did that. I love that you made a fun position. That's that's so amazing. So there's somebody's job and goal to, to make sure there's some fun in, in there. And then of course that six week plan that, that is very inspiring. Um, a lot of times we don't check in with our team and we don't think about their growth. They're, you know, not, we might be thinking about their performance from project to project and maybe giving them f- some feedback there, but we're not really thinking about an, an intentional growth plan and helping them get there. And, that's really important. And it, every candidate, every talented person I speak with always says growth is is most important to them, whether it's growing within the company um, or it's growing within the company to eventually leave for another opportunity because not everybody's going to stay forever anymore. Right. Um, but I think that's amazing. You're, you know, you're, you're putting your stamp on, on people and helping them reach their potential or beyond their potential since covid uh so many so many of our young people that are in the job market now that were in high school or college when covid happened 
that was really hard on them. And so a lot of them are anxious and they need the extra coaching. Yeah. You know, so it's up to us as leaders to help them to develop themselves, especially since they took such a hit in 2020 and 2021. Can you talk to me a little bit more about that? Do you mind? Because I'm I'm curious as to what you're seeing is how that has affected the mindset of the the early job seeker, you know, the person who's just entering the job market, maybe looking for a part-time job. Um, Cause you have, you have um, frontline people at your store, right? So you have people who are early in their career. Yeah. Uh, what I noticed the most is that they're anxious. They're, they're fearful and they're anxious. They're, they're anxious around people. Hmm. They're anxious around other people. They're anxious around strangers. Um, they're anxious about doing, trying new things. So that those two years of being sheltered and, you know, kind of that, that deep psychological message of strangers carry disease. I think it, it had a really, a really strong effect on their psyche. Hmm. So um, it's, it's important to, you know, because, because like when you're running a company, you can't have people that always want to be in the back. Right. <laughs> you know, doing the dishes and cleaning and sweeping. I mean, there's customers out there. You got to get out there. But a lot of them have so much social anxiety that they really don't want to be. They just want to be hiding away. You know, that's really interesting because I often hear employers who are complaining about new employees, entry-level employees who who just want to work from home, right? They want the easy way, the work-life balance, and they saw it was possible during COVID. But you bring another dimension to that. It may not be that they're looking for something easy. There could be a lot more anxiety that's that's driving that. And we as employers need need to understand that. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I will tell you that my, uh, my younger team members are quite anxious. Mm -hmm. um, when I when I post a position for the, you know, the, on the, on the site jobs, you know, for team making or customer service, we get a handful of people. When I put out a, a job, a job posting for a remote social media <laughs> manager, I had 200 applicants. Yeah. Yeah. And I had to shut it down. I just couldn't, couldn't, deal with all those it, it was too many so yeah we we see that as well even people who we have engaged with in the past because they were interested in a frontline position now when we reach out to them and say oh we have this great opportunity it is on site they're like nope just looking for for remote um but and interesting, I, I haven't heard somebody speak to the anxiety part of it before. So thank you for, for bringing that into the conversation. Well, I had, I had a flood happen um, a couple months ago where a pipe, uh, the, I guess the fitting on it corroded and it just leaked water for like four or five hours. And so, so the entire store was flooded. And so when the team got there, I, 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 I got into okay everybody we're doing this and we're getting a lot of cardio and we're 
it's really getting a good cleaning because you know people would freak out otherwise and when they took their break they went over to whole foods and they got some anxiety drops and like they they just needed a little help yeah being quite anxious about it because it's it's a disruption it's a change and mm-hmm. that can happen like and in, in any kind of a job you know yeah. you have disruption you have change you have the unfamiliar happening right Talk to us about your plans for growth and how people fit into that. Well, um, what I'm working on right now, I'm working on a couple of things. Um, With Loose Leaf, I am, uh, I'm attending a spa trade show later this month in June. Mm -hmm. And um, so one of the things that we want to develop in the business is our wholesale and private label because our teas are amazing. And if you have a company of your own and you just want to put your own name on it, we can do that. Um, So I want to grow that part of it, but I also really feel like, because loose leaf tea is not the same as tea in a tea bag or ordering iced tea at a restaurant. Uh, In the United States, over 80% of the tea that's consumed in this country is iced tea. And a lot of that is what's consumed at restaurants when they're out to eat. Um, but loose leaf tea, making loose leaf tea at home, that's 1% of all the tea drinkers. So there's a little bit of a hurdle. And what I want to do is to lower that barrier because the the things that we have in this tea is really, really good for you. And the more you drink of it, the more benefits you're going to get from it. So uh, the more antioxidants you consume in general, the healthier you're going to be. So um, I am in the very early developmental stages of creating a franchisable T-bar concept. So that's that's my like big plan for growth. And then the loose leaf, what we're doing with the manufacturing will be supporting the, uh, the T-bar. Well, I look forward to, to having that T-bar near me where I can go all the time. I, well, right now I use your tea at home and, and brew it, but it would be nice to be able to to go out and have it as well. Right. So, um, Hangout spot. Yeah, exactly. Bring my computer. Mm-hmm. It would be great. Instead of getting coffee all the time at Starbucks. Right. Right. You can also get mocktails. Healthier. That's one of the things that, that it's going to have there is um, non-alcoholic mocktails. Oh. Sounds good. I'm I'm there. But tell us a little bit about currently where you're located and how we can order some of your tea. Thank you. Um, we're the, we're located in Phoenix, Arizona, um, Central Phoenix, and um, my website is so easy. It's looseleafteamarket.com, and you can shop by complaint, basically. So you can shop teas for gut health, shop teas for better sleep, shop teas for inflammation, shop teas to get over your sugar craving. So it's it's pretty easy to find what you're looking for. So is there anything else you want to share with us about building your company or even just building building your team before we close? Um, I, all I can say is it's been a work in progress. Continue to not only work on the team culture, but work on yourself as a leader. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Great advice. Really yeah, constantly work on personal growth because as you do, your team will see what you do, and your team will also see what you don't do. So if you're if you're not working on yourself and you're just you know being a boss, then you know they're not going to be inspired by that. They're not they're not going to go above and beyond if you're not going above and beyond. Very true. 
Well, thank you, Kita. This has been really great. You know, I've loved your teas forever and I appreciate you coming on and our, our first expert on, on this LinkedIn series. Hi. Um, and thank you all for, for watching and, and joining us.